Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, I'm really excited about what God has given me for us today. You know, I, I spoke to Pastor Mel, been praying, and I really feel like God has given me something for us as a church. And I uh, you know, thought about what, what could we call this message, and I couldn't come up with anything uh, really super amazing, so I'm just going to go with the thing that it's about, engagement. Today I'm talking about engagement. What am I saying about that? I want to look at how we can be profoundly, powerfully, and effectively engaged in the mission that Jesus has given each one of us in his church. Who reckons that sounds like a good idea for this morning? All right, so that's what we're going to be looking at. Let's pray. Father, we give you this short time that we've got together. We commit it into your hands and we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us through your word that we will not be the same after this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thursday night of this week, it was raining, pouring down in Sydney and uh, Amanda and I were excited because we had new next-door neighbours moving in. So we've got a rental property next door, and uh, we knew there were new people coming in because we knew the people who were there previously, and we'd built a relationship, and, and we loved uh, doing that with them. But the, 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 they, they actually had to move because the landlord was being really not nice to them. And also, they had a damp problem, and some of their kids weren't coping with that. And so they got out of Dodge, and some poor other person that they didn't tell about the damp problem has moved in. <clears throat> and uh, behind our house is a council reserve. We don't even have a back fence. We've just got our backyard, and then it goes to a bushland reserve, goes up the hill, and there's lots of like big rocky outcrops up there. So every Monday morning, Amanda and I wander up into the reserve, and we pray. And the last thing we do is walk out to the edge of this rocky outcrop and you can see uh, David and Colette's place there and you can see Enka's place and there's our place and then there's next door Paul lives downstairs and the new people are moving upstairs and so we just pray God we pray you we don't know who they are but you do and we ask that you would help us just to be kind and to love them that they might see you believing that and so we're praying that and then we see the truck arrive and they're moving in and Amanda popped in and just said hello uh, but they were of course moving in and so you don't want to take too much of their time and then the next day they're out all day you know what it's like when you're moving not only have you got all the boxes are in you got to put them out but then you got to go and clean up the place you've moved out of and it's huge but Amanda that day had filled a box with dinner and dessert and all sorts of yummy things, uh, and I'd, I'd selected a wine from the cellar. Uh, our cellar is a cardboard box with four bottles in there, and I, I, I pulled out the best one. Uh, and so, uh, and we're wanting to get, but they're, they're not home yet. They're still cleaning the other place, and, 
and, and it got to about 7.30 at night. And go, oh, the cars have arrived. So we, we got our shoes on and ran down. And, and mum, everyone else was inside, but mum's still out there by the car. And she's just looking beat. And we went over and we just said, look, uh, hi, uh, we're the neighbours. Pat, Amanda, uh, welcome to being our neighbours. And here's just, uh, we're guessing you probably haven't cooked anything. Oh, I haven't even thought about it. Well, here's dinner for tonight. She just goes, thank you. And then we said, well, we know you're moving in. We're, we're going to move off, but we're looking forward to getting to know you and we'll, we'll meet you. And we took off. And you just go home and you go, I wonder what the Holy Spirit's going to do with this. I wonder what God's going to do with it. It's an exciting, exciting way to live. And I believe that God has got this, this really exciting life of discovery that he set up for us. So I'm just going to look at a couple of scriptures that will help us to go in that direction of discovering all of these cool things he's got set up for us that will vitally impact someone else's life. Now, there's a t- my first, if you're taking notes, first point here, salt and light. Salt and light. Matthew 5. We've got a situation where Jesus is surrounded by a massive crowd. But he calls, it says, he calls his disciples to himself. Right? So this is something where he's saying, okay, you guys that know me, over here, over here, front and center. And then he looks at them. Now, often Jesus is kind of portrayed as just a stern guy who speaks with a strange voice. Like, uh, you are the salt of the earth. He didn't do that. He was passionate. God, bringing the life of God into the lives around him. So I reckon if he was saying these words that he said to the disciples then, but he was saying it to us this morning, he'd, he'd look around for a while and catch our eye. If we were you know, having a bit of a fight with one of the other disciples, he'd, he'd just keep going until he got our attention. And he'd, he'd look at us and we'd start to get that sense of, uh-oh, Jesus does some pretty wild stuff sometimes. What's he going to do? What's he going to say? Hope it's not too out there. And he'd look at us and he'd say this. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. He's calling us salt and he's calling us light. Now the salt bit, probably we get that that means flavor. Who likes a little bit of salt even though they know it's not good for us on their food, right? We know it brings flavor. But in that setting, it would have meant something even more powerful than just bringing flavor. And that's powerful enough. When we're, when we're salt, we're bringing the flavor of God into situations. We're bringing God culture. We're bringing peace. We're bringing forgiveness. We're bringing speaking well of people into places. We're bringing His flavor. 
But in those days, salt was also the way you preserved things. Now we whack them in a refrigerator to stop them going off. Then you would put salt on them. And God has us as, uh, as eternal life preservers. That the way we engage with people brings them into a place where they will receive life that lasts forever. But he doesn't just cause, call us salt He calls us light. What a beautiful picture. Light overcomes darkness. Just even one small light in a big dark room overcomes that darkness. Light is hope. Light is life. Light is there is a way through this. Light is there's forgiveness. Light is there's healing. And we can be bringers of of light into so many situations. Now, then just imagine that all of those lights come together. Not just a light here or a light there, a light here. What if they all came together? Well, Jesus calls that a city on a hill. It's like us here this morning. We are in city on a hill mode when we gather together. When we come together and worship, oh my goodness, how amazing was that this morning? And we could have a a guest here today and they could experience, wow, there's something about that worship. What is that? I I, I kind of feel something. Well, it's the presence of God. Because when you gather together, God is there in their midst. When 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 we're worshiping, when we're praying together, when we are fellowshipping together, that's a city on a hill. It's a light that cannot be missed. It's an amazing thing. And we were doing that today. Uh, I heard recently of a church that has really put a lot of time and effort into the teams of that church, uh, just going above and beyond for guests, right? Church is the only organization on earth that exists for its non-members. Right? So, so if you're a guest here today, first-time guest or been a few times, we love that. We're here for you. And so this church had uh, been working with the team on how to make the experience of guests just something where, where they would experience God. And so they'd been working on hospitality and welcoming and and this, this guest came to this church and didn't even make it out of the car park before asking Jesus to become their Lord and Savior because so was their experience of hospitality. So was their experience of love and care that just thought, they just said, I want to I know what it is that's about this. Well, what's the story here? Well, it's Jesus. Okay, well, I want to know him. About three weeks ago, something like that, uh, a first-time guest came to our Roselle location. So that's one of our 11 locations of our church. And um, you know how guests often turn up a whole lot earlier than, than members of a church? You know, just, say, just, just throwing it out there. And so, so uh, this, this lady from Singapore rocked up, and uh, she's a nurse, and she's moved to the city, and she's working as a nurse in Sydney. And she turned up, and she saw a crew that were meeting. Now, what that was, was our team huddle. Our team had set up, the, the signs were out, the coffee's brewing, it's all, it's, it's ready to be hospitable and warm and to feel like home. And uh, she, she saw them and they were about to pray before they went and to all their posts. And she thought, oh, well, 
this must be what we do. And she went and joined the team huddle. She's there with everyone and, and, and everybody thought someone else knew her. And uh, they're just going, oh, okay. Afterwards, someone worked out, nobody knew her and said, we, we, okay, you're a guest, fantastic. Well, and, and one of the things they've been talking about at Roselle is no one sits alone when they're a guest. So they said, okay, well, I'm going to sit next to you. And while they were sitting there, they said, okay, well, this part of the service, what we're doing is this and what they mean by that is, and just explaining things so that they, they get what's going on. And, and uh, this guest then came four days later to the prayer meeting and met the pastor for the first time because the pastor was away. And she said to the pastor, the words we want to hear, she said, it felt like home. It felt like home. And I want to share with you uh, just a, a short story that I read on a Facebook post. Uh, this was put together by a guy called Steve Burgess, who is our C3 Pacific Regional Director. And uh, there's just a couple of things you need to know to make sense of this story. Steve uh, and his wife, Dawn, lived in Christchurch. Right? So his wife's Dawn, lived in Christchurch, the rest will work out. Okay. So Steve said this in his post. Don't forget, the Wilsons are coming for dinner at 7 p.m. I left home with these words ringing in my ears. We always have people over for dinner every week. Seven-ish rolled around. The Wilsons were there and seated when I arrived home. Admittedly, I was a little late for whatever reason, but Dawn understands. She knows my heart. Or so I thought. I couldn't help but feel a tinge of unspoken disappointment from her as we ate. Later on that night, Dawn spoke the unspoken. Dinner was at seven. I needed you here at six. Why? Because it's my home. Seven was the arrival time for the guests. When Dawn said, don't forget the Wilsons are coming for dinner at 7pm, what I should have understood is the implication I needed to be there a little earlier to help prepare a warm atmosphere for their arrival. Okay, this didn't happen, not with the Wilsons. We don't even know anyone in Christchurch with that surname. But I was thinking this morning, imagine if the whole church understood that when it said the worship service starts at 11, what is meant by that is, that is when the guests are arriving. Therefore, I need to be there a little early to help to prepare a warm atmosphere for their arrival. Now, don't worry, you'll get to eat too, but this is your home. So if your church service is at 11, what time do you need to be there? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That impacted me. I was not seeing it like that. And I thought, my goodness, imagine if we all, as people who are members of a church, got that this is our home. We're not attending a meeting this is our home and our family and we prepare it every week for guests to come so that they might experience the hospitality and generosity and warmth and welcome of our home and that they might experience Jesus in that welcome. What a wild way to do church. So that is when we are doing church in city on a hill mode and I reckon that that's a pretty amazing little, I, I, 
I, I think people this morning are seeing something new like I did when I first read that. Like, wow. But we're not just city on a hill mode. We're salt of the earth. Salt, bringing preservation, bringing life wherever we are. I mean, imagine for a moment that the Holy Spirit is working in the earth. He's touching people's hearts. He's speaking to people. He's drawing people on a journey to know Him. And imagine that that same Holy Spirit can speak to us and show us how we can be kind to people so that we, work, we link up with the work He is already doing and we can help people to experience God by being kind and loving them and we get to do a journey of them discovering that they were made to know Jesus and come into a relation with Jesus. I mean, imagine if that was happening. You know what? Listen to this. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Oh my goodness. He's, he's got a life for us filled with setups. He's filled them. The challenge for us is to see them and step into them. The wonderful thing for us is it can become a part of our life and it's not difficult for it to happen. This is how you enter in. I've, I've been learning this from a guy called Richard Forsyth, who is one of our pastors at Oxford Falls. Richard, uh, he, he's part-time pastor, and he works also at Big W. So he's a bivocational guy. Does he think I'm doing the ministry when I'm a pastor and I'm not when I'm at Big W? Oh, no. I've learned a lot from this guy. He reckons what you do is pray. Just like we do on a Monday. God, show me who and how I can be kind. And then you get a sense when you meet someone, certain situation, you get a sense that maybe I could do this. I'll give you a clue. It's probably cleverly disguised as something inconvenient. But anything that is worthwhile and valuable will always have a price tag attached. And then you see, because... C3 Watson's a Pentecostal church and we believe in the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We go, okay, God, you've set this up. Your Spirit is telling me I could be kind here. I can do something that loves people. I'm a little bit scared. Just do it scared, but filled with the Holy Spirit and then see what happens. It's an amazing thing. Now, there might be someone here today going, Pat, really don't want to hear this because this used to condemn me. I, I would just, you know, there was a guy in our connect group once and he would travel to work from Manly to the city and all the way over in the ferry, the devil would just say, you should be witnessing. And all the way back home, you should be witnessing. And it just created guilt. 
I'm not talking here about condemnation. I'm talking about a leading of the Spirit. I'm not talking, you have to. I'm talking about, really, Holy Ghost? What an opportunity. Okay. I'm ready. It's a big difference. Jesus didn't meet every need. He only did what he saw his Father doing. So this is, if, if there's condemnation... Do you know how you deal with condemnation? Devil, in the name of Jesus, shut up. But then the still small voice that just shows an act of love. How to be kind. This is what Richard Forsyth said. He said he looks for people looking lost or distressed and he offers to help. He looks for people not looking lost or distressed and he's kind or interested. If someone's new to work, he buys a coffee. If someone's moving into your street, bring a gift. Say hello to people because in Western cities around the world, people are surrounded by people and are as lonely as can be. Be interested in people. Learn how to say wow a lot when people are telling you their story. Don't be too quick to tell your story. Linger on theirs and say, wow, you'd be great at that. Identify a need that you could meet with your group. Listen to people, ask them questions, be an encourager, pay someone a compliment. If someone's in hospital, cook meals, whatever you enjoy doing, bike riding, surfing, running, whatever. Have to be pretty committed to surfing, but Bateman's Bay, what's that, two hours away? Invite others to do it with you. It's a wildly different way of living. You wake up in the morning different. You don't think about group and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit busy for that. You think, I need that because I'm living on purpose. I have got an adversary who does not want me to live like this. And so I need a crew who pray for me regularly in the mission I am living in the workplace with my neighbor in the community group. You don't look at services and think, oh, well, it'd be nice to go. You just think, God, I've got to worship you with everyone else. I need to be filled with your spirit because I'm living on mission. I'm living for a purpose bigger than myself. I'll tell you what you don't wake up with. You don't wake up with a, a, a thought of why am I here. You wake up with, God, I know I'm here. Help me to do it. I'd much rather the latter, considering that we are eternal beings and we've only got a short time on this planet to live like this before we go into eternity. And so as I conclude this morning, I want to challenge you to consider a life of engagement. Engaging in the witness of this church when it is a city on a hill. It means joining a team. How can I serve? How can I prepare our home for guests? And then being salt. Praying, God, what have you got in store? And then stepping into what he has in store for us. Being kind. So I can't make it more complex. 
It's just being kind and loving people. And when we do that, people see Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.